Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. And we are back with part two. Friends, for your listening pleasure, I present my conversation with the always wonderful Steph T. Okay, so welcome to part two of my first three-part episode. Um, I am here with another one of my favorite people on the internet my friends this is Steph (laughs) hi um so let's start out with the basics um so how did you come to end up on TikTok um probably like most adult people uh I was bored I was bored (laughs) in the house I was in the house bored um with the pandemic and uh As work started to slow down a little bit, which I don't even know how that was possible, I found myself just uh, sick of doom scrolling Twitter. And a couple of friends had sent me TikTok videos. I was like, wow, these are are really funny. So I just decided to sign up and uh, realized that TikTok is wild. It's just, it's the wild, wild west. (laughs) It it really is. And I think something that surprised a lot of people um, was how much TikTok became like a political force during the election. Like there yeah. was, there was a lot of a lot more political movement on TikTok than there was other places. Did you did you see a lot of that or? Um, I actually joined TikTok after the election. I'm probably, it's probably better off that I did because that would have just been another thing that completely drove me crazy. Um, But I am seeing a lot of uh, political messages more on the ends of the the COVID epidemic and vaccinations and certain governors' responses to the epidemic, especially like Ron DeSantis's uh, response to COVID or lack of response to COVID, (laughs) Um, and a little bit about states' responses to evictions, so the eviction moratorium. So I am seeing some of that, but it's very odd. I feel like my algorithm um, decides to show me new things every day. So right now, it's like a... It's, it's half people yelling at others to get vaccinated. And then the other half is um, romance novels. Because Oh. <laughs> because it's a romance and a book talk because I actually, that's what I do to shut my brain off. I, I read romance novels, contemporary romance novels, not like Fabio bodice rippers, more mafia, dark romance type stuff. There's always something new on TikTok. I didn't know that there was a romance book talk. 
Oh, there's romance book talk. Yeah. Where people talk about the different spicy scenes that are in various books. Um, Did you ever do one of the viral TikTok dances? Um, I have not. I think just because I don't have this setup. I have a ring light for work meetings, but I I could put a phone in the center of the ring light, but it's on a short tripod. So I see some of these TikTok, these TikTok creators that, you know, they have these whole setups and I do not have that setup. And I am um, not willing to put myself out there enough to say to my (laughs) husband, could you, (laughs) could you hold this for me so I could do this little dance? He would be like, what are you doing? You've gone too far. So I haven't, I haven't tried, but sometimes I find myself doing a little, <laughs> a little dance while they're doing it. So, see, I try to get into like the transitions, and I just I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how they do some of this. It's like, it's witchcraft. It's got to be like there's there's no way that's possible on the app. I think it just I think it just takes so much time and that's time I don't have I when I first joined TikTok they were doing this incredible transition thing where um they a person like let's say a person of a Nigerian background would be in normal street clothes and then they would sit down or they would throw their shoe and they would be all jazzed up in traditional dress and I and in a full face of makeup and I think to myself that took more time than I am willing to devote to a social media app exactly like but God bless them (laughs) oh absolutely like I probably I could probably find the time to devote to it I just I don't know that I have the patience for it right like it would take one bad take and I'd be like "Mm, you know what I'm done this this was right it'll stay in the drafts right and I see more and more people deciding as they get more and more followers and they join the creator fund, they decide that they're going to completely quit their jobs and make social media content full time. And if you are young and you've got time ahead of you, go with God. But I, like I am 42 years old and I, <laughs> I like my job and I'm not about to quit. So I think like for Gen Z quitting, quitting your job and becoming like a social media influencer is the new taking a year off before college. Yes. Yes. And I think for Gen Z and for some of the younger millennials, there's this real push to constantly be satisfied in their work whatever they're doing, even if it's not what they feel like their sole job is, the the minute things get rough or they feel dissatisfied, they, they just go somewhere else. And as a Gen Xer, even though I'm on the tail end of Gen X, it's, that was, that was not us. That's not how we were raised. You know, even if you hate your job, you, you don't quit until you have something appropriate lines up so oh absolutely like i'm i'm on the earlier end of millennial and the you know it was you know coming up for us it was always 
you know, you, we kind of came up in the era of internet celebrity, but we saw the flip side of it where like, it's, it's absolutely fleeting. Like it's, it's there one minute and gone another, like elder millennials and we're kind of the the generation of like the one hit wonders because through the 90s mm -hmm. there were so many people who were popular and famous for one song and now they have nothing and that's the same as it is for like these internet celebrities like one one misstep and you're done and then yeah, what do you, what I do you just, have i just saw it. there were two content creators on tiktok um one her name is evelyn i don't know what her last name is but her she goes by perspective and she is um an asian american feminist a creator she has a couple degrees from, from a couple ivy league institutions and then this other um gay white male creator named barrett powell i think is his last name and they were working together and they were claiming themselves as allies to the black community and then it just recently came out that they were they were saying things behind closed doors that were cringeworthy at best and probably more more appropriately racist like just completely racist and they have like in in the course of i don't know a week three days they're just they're canceled completely canceled so and they were very popular creators very very popular creators with high follower accounts so yeah the minute you you do something wrong it's just it's it's gone so i don't know if if basing your whole life on content creation is is the way to go so now we've got a uh, letter from a listener. This okay. comes to us from Mary in Georgia. Okay. And Mary says that she is new to TikTok and she doesn't know which accounts are really worth following. Um, and her question is, who are the most overrated and underrated TikTok accounts in your oh. opinion? overrated probably the ones that i don't follow because they're younger and they're doing a lot of dances like <laughs> like the demelio sisters i guess or the is their name so yeah they're probably pretty overrated um i wouldn't say she's underrated but i really enjoy following call me chris and selena spooky boo <laughs> because they're just hilarious and they have some really good, wholesome um, comedy stuff. I mean, Selena, the, the stuff I crack up most about is when she sleepwalks all of her sleepwalking videos. Oh, okay, I know who you're talking about now, yes. Yes, she is just, I just laugh and laugh every time there's a sleepwalking video. Um, another underrated creator is uh, Tiga Reacts she is a young um, black woman who reacts to a lot of different videos she will do at a lot of videos and re react and she's just really funny and she's she's real you know she doesn't put on a full face of makeup to go on she's very open about her struggles with PCOS so she's a role model for a lot of young women who might be struggling with the same thing so those are 
all good accounts to follow. Um, my stuff, you know, the stuff that that I follow is kind of niche. So if you're into union contact, union TikTok, um, <laughs> that union dyke uh, is very good to follow. She's an organizer for Unite Here. I think she is leaving Unite Here, but she's an organizer for Unite Here, and she's she has a lot of good information about private sector um, union organizing. So she's she's pretty underrated too. All right. Um, I definitely, I want to talk about, uh, Simone Biles for a minute, um, because, you know, there was, there has been a lot of discourse about her lately, um, based on her decision to, uh, prioritize her mental health over competing in the Olympics. Um, so what are, what are your, your feelings on, on this? I am a Simone Biles stan. Simone Biles should be protected at all costs. <laughs> Don't lose your glasses there. Simone Biles should be protected at all costs. Um, I think that we should encourage athletes to do whatever they need to do to keep their head in the game. While the Olympics is like the pinnacle of athleticism and a way to represent your country um, very uniquely if you're an athlete, uh, it, I don't, I think if your head is not in the right space, then what's the point? Right. What's the point of winning a medal if you can't enjoy the medal and everything that comes with it? And I was, I was reading somewhere that it's actually the countries that give the athletes um, the cash prizes for the medal. And the United States only gives $37,500 per gold medal. So we're one of the, whereas other countries give almost a million dollars, we only give 37.5, which is ridiculous for the amount of training that they have to pay for. And I'm sure they do get some state, well, not, they get sponsorships, but still it's, it's expensive to have to leave your home. Um, but yeah, I think she, she brought an important, conversation about gymnastics too because I remember watching the Olympics watching Carrie Strug as yeah. you know when I was a kid um winning that vault with a broken ankle and her coach basically telling her you know you can do it you can do it and you could just see the pain and um you know, she was very lack of self-confidence in her face. You know, I can't imagine telling a, a young teenager that she's, she has to do this on a, on a broken ankle. And she's been taught this entire time that you absolutely obey your coach. Um, and I, I think that it's important to have the discussion that mental health doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed or you're hearing voices in your head. It, it's all encompassing. Cause as this has come out, I've read a lot of articles from um, former professional gymnasts who say, just because she says mental health, it doesn't mean that she's depressed. That if you are a gymnast and your headspace, you're not in the right headspace and you lose your, your navigation basically mid air because as you're flipping and twisting, you can't rely on watching the wall or the floor or the ceiling. 
you basically have to feel where you are in the air. And if you have the twisties, like Simone was um, describing, you could break your neck and, and die. So, you know, a basketball player who doesn't feel in the right headspace isn't going to die if they bow out of the game, but a gymnast absolutely should. And, you know, I've all, I'm also an Eagles fan and I, you, I've seen our quarterbacks puking on the, on the sidelines <laughs> during the Super Bowl. So, you know, it, I think it would be better for him to bow out it, rather than puke on the sidelines. And the, they're, they're people, they're people. They have good days. They have bad days. Um, and they should be respected. And we do not own athletes' bodies. We don't own anybody's bodies. So if they say they're not good, then believe them and let them be. Especially was, especially Black women. Let them be. There was an article I, um, I read just a second ago um, about uh, the... American swimmer whose name I can't remember um, off the top of my head. Um, he was saying how, you know, yeah, winning the gold medal at the Olympics was great, but he was absolutely miserable the entire time. You know, because oh, Michael put... Phelps. No, 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 not Michael Phelps. Phelps. Oh, another um, one. It's shit. What's his name? Um, it'll it'll come to me later. He's uh, okay. he's the one with the the tattoo. On his shoulder. Oh, Caleb Dressel. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but he was saying like you know he couldn't sleep, he couldn't eat, he had the shakes real bad, and you know, like you said, yeah, the Olympics is the pinnacle, but like, at what cost? Like, like is it as an American athlete, is it worth putting yourself through all that for? under $50,000, like, or any amount of money, really. Right. And these a lot of these athletes, they give up their childhood. Like they, the minute any sort of athletic talent shows up in them that they might be Olympic quality, they start, you know, their parents give up their life and move them to wherever the, the best Olympic training facility. And they, stop focusing on the other sports that they, that they like to play and they are put on a strict diet and it's like their entire life becomes Olympic focused. Um, with the exception, the only exception I've seen is like the women's rugby team. I've been, and then men's rugby team. Cause I know that Alona Mar, for instance, she, I believe she played soccer in college as well. So rugby wasn't her first sport. She kind of fell into it, um, but she's an incredible athlete. So, but like track stars, swimmers, gymnasts, their whole life is whatever their sport is. And is it really, is it really worth it? Is it, I, I don't, I can't see it being worth it. Right. I mean, like I'm, I'm not an athlete by any means. Um, so like, you know, I can't, you know, I can sit here and say all day, no, it's not really worth it, but that's because I wasn't raised on this sport is your life now. Sure. You know, because, sure. you know, I'm sure when you're a kid and when, when you're a teenager, like you've got a very short attention span in something you loved one day, you may not love the next. So I don't know. It's, 
it's weird. It's, it's. Yeah. And especially these Olympics, I feel were probably just a big bummer for the athletes. I actually have a friend that was, um, in college when the Olympics were in Atlanta and she worked in the Olympic village, escorting athletes back and forth to their events, like driving, driving them around on like a little golf cart and stuff. And she said it was the most fun that she's ever had in her life at a summer shop. <laughs> but it, the, the Olympic Village is like party central and they can, you know, go get their nails done. They can go to parties. There's bars. They can interact with athletes um, from all over the world. And I, that wasn't there. They had to stay in an Olympic Village in a, in a apartment building that was just for their country and they couldn't go like the United States couldn't go see Brazil's apartment building and they couldn't interact with one another. And it was very structured and it was COVID testing, COVID testing, COVID testing. So I don't think it was as fun. Every tick, every TikTok that I saw coming from an, an Olympic athlete was always in their room yeah. or on their balcony. It was not really interacting with anybody else. And I feel sad for them. Cause I feel like that's half the fun of the Olympics is if I would imagine is meeting other people. Well, and even as like somebody who, you know, is usually really just gung ho for the Olympics, you know, like I, the energy of it has been different this year. Like it's just, and it yeah. could be, it could be the pandemic. Um, you know, it could be that, this, you know, as we got closer and closer to the opening ceremonies, all this stuff was coming out about um, the COVID numbers. And, you know, I personally feel like they should have postponed it again. Yeah. Do we really need to have it? I understand that countries like millions and millions of dollars go into building these Olympic facilities but can you like shift them to the next one like could could we have put tokyo some you know in the roster for another olympics we probably could have the infrastructure is there now so yeah i feel like it shouldn't have happened i didn't really watch either i watched a couple highlights i watched um a couple track events i watched a little bit of the swimming a little bit of the gymnastics the rugby uh sevens games are really easy to watch because they're only about 20 minutes long so you know you can devote 20 minutes to a rugby game and uh some of my friends watched the soccer but I could not get up that early and watch <laughs> the soccer so I relied on their highlights their tweets that seemed to come out of nowhere that meant nothing in, in context but right <laughs> So also in the news today, uh, the attorney general of New York, uh, Tish James, has come out and said that her office found that Andrew Cuomo did, in fact, yeah. sexually harass those women, violating uh, New York state and federal laws. Um, yep. Do you feel like he should resign? I thought he should have resigned when the allegations came out, to be perfectly honest. Like, I'm a big proponent and believe women, if women are coming forward, then there, especially that many women where there's smoke, there's fire. And he should have just, um, cut his, cut his losses right then and there and, and, and resigned. Um, 
And he did say, well, I'm going to wait and see what the what the attorney general finds and, you know, when the facts come out, then I'll make a decision. Tish did her thing. And she came with receipts. Right. And then he has and then he and then he has a, a press conference, which he men, you know, no, no offense, men are going to men. He's, right. He's he. You know, the facts came out and he's like, I didn't do it. These are these are taken out of context and then proceeds to have a PowerPoint presentation with pictures of um, President Biden hugging Vice President Harris and uh, Vice President Harris hugging Cory Booker and President Obama um, hugging a woman whose whose house was devastated by Hurricane Sandy. And I know that that was the picture because that woman lives a mere 20 minutes away from my house. Uh, so it's just, that was the most ridiculous press conference I've ever seen. And whatever staffer agreed to make that PowerPoint presentation, um, it should be embarrassed unless he did it himself, which I would not be surprised. But yeah, and pictures of him hugging all sorts of people. So I'm not a sexual harasser. I'm just creepy. How about consent goes for everyone? Like, don't touch, don't hug anybody that you work with. How about that? Right, right. You know, and when when the allegations first dropped all those months ago, my thought on it was, you know, step down until the investigation is over, see what comes out about it. And then, you know, if it comes to like that, you know, yeah, you did this, resign. Absolutely. Like you're done. You know, if nothing comes of it, then, you know, you're vindicated. You step down to remove a conflict of interest and, you know, it's over. You know, right. I don't know. And the, the idea that he did oppress her not even an hour after the attorney general you know, like you said, men are going to men. And it's, it was very much, well, it was that what aboutism mm-hmm. that that's just, it's gross. Like, like, it's, don't do that. You know, if he yeah. was, and the he, hip, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the hypocrisy <laughs> really on both sides of the aisle is coming out already. You have, um, many, many Republicans that are standing up and screaming about it, saying he needs to resign, he needs to resign, he needs to resign. But they were also the same people when the Access Hollywood tape came out, saying things like, um, oh, it's just locker room talk. So it's only resign when it's not your guy doing it. And then we also have a lot of Democrats, and I'm, you know, I'm embarrassed to say a lot of Democratic women who were saying, well, he's a really good governor, and why didn't these women come out earlier? And that annoys me to no end. Like, I understand, you know, sometimes men stick up for other men. And, you know, as a woman, I'm kind of used to it. But to see other women sticking up for a man who has clearly sexually harassed and been inappropriate and touched people without their consent. Um, it, it just, it hurts. It makes me, it makes me upset on like a very visceral level. Like you wouldn't want that to happen to you. And, um, 
I work for a labor union. So a lot of times I have to advise the members of the union about what they should do if a fellow member is is sexually harassing them or if one of if their supervisor is sexually harassing them and some of some of these women and men cuz there there've been a couple men this happens to men and and women and non-binary folks um they choose not to come forward because they're afraid of retaliation they're afraid of the the spotlight being on them even if any allegations are kept confidential. Um, the stress and embarrassment of having to report and having to go through the affirmative action process is sometimes too much for people. So it's it takes a really strong person to be willing to put yourself out there. And so I commend all of these women and for another another woman to say, why didn't they come out earlier? Well, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. So especially when the governor is going to come out an hour later and say these fat these were taken this was taken out of context and I didn't do anything inappropriate. So now we're gonna um move away from the the heavier topics. Yes. <laughs> um and this is something that I do with all of my guests. I have okay. um, 15 just completely random questions. Uh, some of okay. them I found on the internet. Some of them were um, sent to me via social media. Um, so are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. All right. So you've just sat down at your computer um, and you've opened your web browser. What is the first site that you go to? Work email. <laughs> <laughs> work email because you know if I don't get on that first thing in the morning I'm gonna be um beating my head against a wall for the rest of the day so that's the first thing I do before anything else unfortunately um sweet tea or lemonade lemonade just because I'm from I like <laughs> I'm I grew up in New Jersey so sweet tea isn't really a thing but um, but boardwalk, I mean, it's a thing. They have it at McDonald's, but it's not a thing, a thing. Um, right. Our best friend, she grew, she grew up in Tennessee. So when we have barbecues, she will make sweet tea on my stove while, yeah. while we're grilling. Um, so that's the only time I get sweet tea. But boardwalk lemonade is a big thing, like fresh squeezed lemonade with pulp still in it and lots of sugar. So. Oh, wow. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? Oh boy, that's a good question. I think, um, oh God, what was it? Um, ginger spice. I had to, I had to go through the different <laughs> spice girls. It was, it was ginger spice. It was ginger spice. It, yeah, it was definitely because I wasn't. I didn't really um, relate to any of the other ones. Um, like I wasn't sporty. I, you know, I wasn't into high fashion. Um, I didn't think of myself as very scary or, you know, babyish. So, you know, Ginger Spice, she was always kind of like, she seemed to be the wild one a little bit. And that was kind of my, what I wanted to be before I was confident enough to be. <laughs> All right. Um, what is the worst thing that you've watched all the way through on Netflix? 
Oh, geez. Um, I think this was on Netflix and it was actually very good, but the whole time I was like, why, why am I watching this? Um, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. It's a documentary about this like sushi chef and his journey to make like perfect sushi. And one of our friends recommended it to us and we watched it all the way through. And the whole time I'm like, <laughs> the hell am I why why am I watching this this is ridiculous so so yeah and then we made fun of our friends and ca kept calling it Jenna dreams of slim gins because <laughs> that was it was one of the people that recommended pancakes or waffles waffles because I feel like every time I crave pancakes um at a diner I'm always disappointed so <laughs> waffles definitely all right uh, Renaissance fair or sci-fi convention? Renaissance fair. I, I don't, sci-fi really isn't my thing, but, um, I taught, I taught history for 16 years at the high school level. And I'm a big fan of, um, especially like Tudor England history. So the Ren fair is always my jam. Right I don't on. get dressed up though. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> Um, do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like when you bring it up, people are always like, what the hell is wrong with you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's Taylor Lautner, like Jacob from Twilight. Yeah. And I was recently in, <laughs> I've been, I've, I've had a crush on him since before it was legal for me to have a crush on him. And now, yeah, and now he's he's like in his 20s and he's just a gorgeous, gorgeous man. And he was actually in New Orleans when I was filming, filming something when I was in New Orleans in June. And so I was um, on the lookout because he's, he's my hall pass. <laughs> That's it. I think. I have That's, not completely discussed this with my husband. So when he watches this, I will not go, I will not leave you for Taylor Lauder. Don't worry. But he probably wouldn't look at me anyway. So I mean, <laughs> it's that's not a bad hall pass to have though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bra, always on or only when you have to? Oh, um, always on. Like I I'm fairly endowed so it actually is more uncomfortable not to wear one i have different ones for like i don't want to say different occasions but like <laughs> you know in the house or outside of the house ones that are more comfortable and less comfortable so but yeah always on because otherwise i just i'm not comfy sweater or hoodie hoodie Hoodie, definitely hoodie. Hoodie season is my favorite. I agree. I love a hoodie. Yeah. If you could watch any movie in a theater by yourself, what movie would you watch? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it, this is a weird one because it's a really problematic movie, but I've watched it so many times. Um, Gone with the Wind. 
Like, I know the movie is problematic. I know the book is problematic. Like, I know everything's wrong with, but just the cinematography is so incredible and the acting is so incredible. And I have a tendency to just yell at the characters at different points <laughs> of the movie. So I do it in my house. So I feel like it would be better if I watched it on the big screen alone. And I feel like I need the same. My grandmother saw it in the movie theater and she always talks about seeing it in the movie theater and how she paid 10 cents and oh, wow. she got like a set of dishes. There was some sort of promotional thing and she got like a, a set of dishes, like four serving sets of some sort of dish that oh, she wow. got when she went and saw it gone with the winds. Yeah. So I feel like I would need to get all dressed up and have the same experience that my grandmother did and then yell at Scarlett O'Hara the entire <laughs> time about how she's being unfair to Melly and Melly is a goddamn angel. So <laughs> do you wash your legs in the shower? Absolutely. That was, I made a <laughs> <laughs> I made a TikTok about that. Yes, I had. So I grew up with an Italian grandmother and like you could have eaten off our toilet seat at any given moment. Our house was sterile and what like cleanliness was next to godliness and that included your body. So washcloth, dial soap from head to toe on a daily basis, including your feet and between your toes. I, I don't I, I don't know where people get off not washing their legs. I don't know where people get off not using a washcloth but it is what it is but yeah of course of course and behind and the moisturize e and mo and behind the ears and behind the ears and moisturize. That's, that's become the news i've noticed like the the conversation has gone away from legs and now people are admitting that they don't wash behind their ears and i'm like that is so gross it gets gross back there yeah it like, gets gross back there ugh. and people are like oh but my skin dries out well Lubriderm lotion is right. like five bucks at the store. It, I, I, I am not dried out and I wash daily, sometimes twice a day if it's hot enough. So, pool or ocean? Ocean, 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 ocean. Um, I live at the Jersey Shore. So, we had a pool for one year and it turned green and we got sick of trying to balance the chemicals. So, <laughs> we got rid of it. So ocean, yes. Unless, um, unless I'm like in on a cruise ship, and then obviously the pool, because that's really the only place you can. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dumb comment. That's the only place I can go. If they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you? Oh. Oh, I don't know. That's... I. So she doesn't, she looks nothing like me, but I feel like our personalities would, it would not be a stretch, but Kat Dennings. Okay. I love Kat Dennings. So yeah, she looks nothing like me, but um, yeah, it would have to be, it would have to be her. Nude beach or not a chance? Um, I've already been to a nude beach um, and not a chance again, not because I'm embarrassed of myself, but I'm just the other people that were there you get the I, you, I was in Jamaica and they had a all natural section and I was like all right I'll I'll bite 
<laughs> it is never pe it's never people that look good that are in that section ever it's always old men with gigantic stomachs um and you don't know where to look and then they go to the regular section of the resort for dinner and they come up to you because they've talked to you and you're talking to these person these people like oh my god i just saw you naked like three hours ago and i I can't. <laughs> I just like I have to end this conversation right now. I gotta go to the bathroom. Um, so yeah, I've done it and never again. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? What other people think of you is none of your business. Hell yeah. And it that. took me a while to process that. Um, but when I finally did it all the fucks went out the window and I started really being myself and being confident. So that's the one piece of advice I always give to youngins. Don't worry about what other people think of you. It's not about you. It's about them. Right on. Well, Steph, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Yes, this Thank was you. fun. Thank you so much for being here. Um, no problem. Anytime you want to come back, I've got a seat for you. Absolutely. Anytime you want to have me back, I will come back. This is fun. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Have a good night. If you enjoyed parts one and two, stick around for part three. Coming up next. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.